Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors we have joining us this day. Please know you're always very welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And we've come now to it with Ash Wednesday, uh, marking the beginning of Lent earlier in this past, well, I almost said earlier this week, this past week. Uh, we've now come to Invocavit Sunday, the first Sunday in Lent. And I'll turn your attention at this time to the Focused on Christ section on the inside of the back cover of your hymnal. Hymnal. Bulletin. Forgive me. In the garden, man exalts himself to be a god in place of God. He succumbs to the temptation of the devil, and eating of the forbidden fruit, he receives death. But in the sin-cursed wilderness, God humbles himself to become man in place of man. He does not eat, but fasts, and bears the onslaughts of the devil for us, that we may be restored to life. Jesus stands as David in our place to do battle against the Goliath, Satan. Though outwardly Jesus appears weak, yet he comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. He draws from the five smooth stones of the books of Moses and slings the word of God. The stone sinks into the forehead and the enemy falls. In Christ we are victorious over the devil. Let us, therefore, not receive the grace of God in vain, but seeing that we have a great high priest, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain help. In time of need, we do have the great pleasure of receiving the Lord's body and blood at his altar this day. And as part of that, in accordance with his word, he asks that we share a common confession, not just about the supper, but in all of what we confess as his children. Therefore, we do ask that all those communing this day be members either of our congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in order uh, to honor the word that our Lord has spoken to us concerning the blessings and boundaries of this meal. Our service this day is divine, set, divine Service Setting 1. As it begins on page 151, we now sing the first hymn. Let us pray. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, 
I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day is from the Gospel, Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is our text. Well, before us today lies the history of two temptations. In the garden, we see the tragic fall of our original parents, the effort of Satan to undo what God had done in his good creation. We, all know, we know all too well that the old evil foe, he succeeded in his mission. Sin and suffering, death and decay, these are the fruit of the fall. The fiery lie which led us into the valley of the shadow of death was a simple question. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? You see, the Lord God had sown goodness, beauty, and truth in the Garden of Eden. Satan came to Adam and Eve, and he sowed his twisted, evil lies. Eve responded with what she had been taught. She resisted at first, but in the face of her confession, the devil scoffed. You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God knowing good and evil. With two wicked turns of phrase, Eve was convinced that God was holding out on her. Satan attacked God's integrity, puffed up Eve's pride, and led our parents to believe that they knew better than God himself. And so we fell. By consuming that which, it, which was forbidden, Adam and Eve were consumed by the devil. But not all was lost. You see, the body and soul-saving gospel was preached to Adam and Eve. The promised seed of Eve would come one day and would crush the serpent's head. In the second temptation, found in the gospel lesson, we see God's word fulfilled. What was a curse to the serpent was a blessed promise to Adam and all his children after him. The long-promised seed of Eve had been born. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us, was born of the Virgin Mary and his time had come. With the echo of his father's proclamation still fresh in his mind, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus was led from the river Jordan by the spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. However, this temptation, it would be different. Jesus, the second Adam, he was not in the garden, but rather in the wilderness of his fallen creation. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, the devil saw his opportunity. Now, notice the similarity in his attack on our Lord. He uses words just as he did back in the garden. If you are the Son of God, well, that has the same thrust to it as did God actually say. The devil is tempting Jesus to doubt his father's word just as he tempted the first Adam. Satan is again attacking God's integrity and truthfulness. It is as if he says, Jesus, are you sure your father loves you? Why then are you hungry? Why hasn't he provided for you? You have power. 
You're the son of God, after all. You can make this gnawing hunger go away. All you have to do is change these stones to loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Quoting the book of Deuteronomy, Jesus resists. The lie of Satan is defeated with the word of God. Then came the second attack. Taking Jesus to the pinnacle of the Jerusalem temple, the devil again calls the father's integrity into question and tells Jesus to throw himself down. The devil's rationale for this comes in the form of a short and wicked sermon wherein he twists and misuses God's word. He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus responds again from the book of Deuteronomy, saying, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Another lie defeated with the word of God. In his final attack, the devil, well, he gets down to business. He reveals his true desire to be worshipped by the Son of God. The devil's evil pride and desperation is on full display here. Having taken Jesus to a very high mountain and revealing to him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, the devil sends his final volley at the Son of God. All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. You see, he tempts Jesus with the supposed easy way out. Here, Jesus, you want to rule? You can. You can have it all without the suffering of the cross. You can be king. No rejection, no betrayal, no flogging, no trial, no cross. It's all yours if you fall down and worship me. He tempts Jesus with easy glory and comfort for his flesh, the avoidance of suffering. Jesus responds a final time from the book of Deuteronomy, saying, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Having won the battle, the Father's love is revealed in the sending of angels who comfort and serve the beloved Son of God. Now, in these two temptations, we see our fall and God's steadfast love and mercy for sinners. Christ Jesus did what we could not. The second Adam wins the victory where the first Adam could not. God keeps his promises in the triumphing of Christ over Satan. And of course, Jesus' victory in the wilderness it is a foreshadowing of the victory that he will win on the cross. True to form, well, Satan did his worst when the Son of God was pierced and lifted up on the tree. Speaking his lies through the, the passers-by there at Golgotha, the devil tempts again. You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the lips of the chief priests, scribes, and elders, well, they hiss with the devil's lies and temptations. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him now, if he desires him, for he said, I am the Son of God. Nevertheless, our Lord triumphs over the old evil foe, for at his last cry it was accomplished, fulfilled, and finished. The serpent's head was crushed. Christ Jesus yielded up his spirit, and the temple curtain was torn in two, top to bottom. The earth quaked and fallen saints rose from the grave. At Jesus' victory over death and hell, even the pagan centurions guarding his tomb were led to confess the truth of the Father's word spoken at Christ's baptism. Truly, this was the Son of God. Therefore, when you are tempted, dear saints, remember these words from the book of Hebrews. 
Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, your loving Savior and your great high priest, he has been tempted as you are. He knows the devil's wiles and the devil's ways. He knows the fiery darts of his lies. He has experienced the worst that the devil can dish out, and yet he is without sin. God be praised. Jesus died on the cross as the perfect sacrifice for all sins, all of your sins. As your great high priest, Jesus was offered up by his father on the altar of the cross. You see, Jesus, being the greater Isaac, was the beloved son with whom the father was well pleased. And in him, in Jesus, you have all things. Your transgressions are blotted out. Your record is clean. Your name is recorded in the book of life. And all this you receive by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. All the gifts of Jesus' sacrifice are given you in his holy word and in his life-giving sacraments. In baptism, you are cleansed and claimed as God's own. In the absolution, your conscience is comforted by the balm of the gospel. In the Lord's Supper, you are fed the fruit of the tree of life, and you are given a foretaste of paradise to come. From the throne of grace, you receive your Lord's mercy and grace to help in time of need. And dear saints, we must admit it, we are always in need. You see, the devil has been dealt a mortal wound. He is defeated. However, until the day of Christ's return, the old evil foe, he wanders the world in a rage. St. Peter reminds us, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in the faith. You should know that he has not changed his tactics, dear saints. The devil still deals in lies and deception. It is, after all, his native tongue. However, today he has hissed and roared a collection of lies which have become very fashionable. Did God actually say human life begins at conception? Did God actually say that marriage is one man and one woman united for life? Did God actually say there is only male and female? Did God actually say you are to forgive others instead of requiring retribution? Did God actually say all people, regardless of skin color, are created in his image? Did God actually say children belong to their parents and not to the state? Did God actually say you are to love your enemies? You and I know this is only the tip of the iceberg. The devil is still at it. And we are warned in Revelation 12, Woe to you, O sea and earth, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. This dreadful warning is spoken to us in love by God. You see, Jesus does not want us to fall away in the devil's lies. Christ has triumphed over Satan in his death and resurrection. This is true. And so this warning comes to you so that you will not wander off into myths and deception. Remember where your help comes from. As the psalmist writes, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. 
The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Dear saints, your forgiveness, life, and salvation have been won by Christ, and he has given you these gifts. In divine love, our Lord warns us of the dangers which surround us so that we constantly seek his help, his mercy, and his grace in the ways that he has promised to give them. As St. Paul says in the epistle this day, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The devil will continue to rage against Christ's church with his lies and with all those who believe them until the day Jesus returns in glory. Therefore, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace and receive Christ's word and sacraments because in these gifts we receive mercy. In these gifts we are given grace to help in time of need. As your faithful, loving, and victorious Lord comes to you in his holy supper, indeed, behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of your salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance, that the Lord Most High would be our dwelling place and refuge against every evil and plague, and that by the work of the Holy Spirit we might be satisfied with his salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith to follow our Lord Jesus and resist temptation, that we would come through this fallen world to dwell with him forever, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For pastors, that God would command his angels concerning them, guard them in all their ways, and bear them up as they proclaim the one who trampled the serpent underfoot by his death for our sin. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For parents, that God would bless them with all wisdom as they teach their children his ways, bestowing his riches in his word, so that all may confess with their mouths that Jesus is Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the governing authorities, that God would protect them from every temptation of the devil, who falsely claims sovereignty over them, and equip them to curb what is evil and promote what is good. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in need of healing and restoration, especially Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, and Chuck Lichty, that God would answer their prayers, be with them in trouble, and rescue them according to his gracious will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those shut in, including Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that the Holy Spirit would comfort them with the promise of, promises of Christ, who will never forsake his own. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, especially the families of Anita Grafe, Jean Tate, Judy Carpenter, and Bernice White, that within the communion of your church they may have strength to meet the days ahead and the assurance of a holy and certain hope, and in the joyful expectation of eternal life, with those they love who have departed in the one true faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a right reception of the Lord's Supper, that God would unite his people in a right confession of his word and bring them with penitent hearts to receive the great riches of his son's body and blood for their salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, 
Your Son was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to suffer temptation for our sake as part of our redemption. Strengthen us when we are tempted, so that we do not take his obedience for granted, and teach us to rely upon your word as our defense against the evil one. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome on this uh, spring day. Well, late winter, early spring, we're kind of in that time, aren't we? we got a handful of announcements as we continue with our morning, the first of which being, of course, that Bible study continues after this along with Sunday school. And then also a sign of the, of the coming season change here, Easter cards are available in the library. Uh, do see Bernice if you have any questions about that. And of course, we are thankful for the flowers adorning the altar this day, and we give thanks to God for the eternal life and salvation given to Bernice White. As we look ahead into the week, uh, tomorrow I've got my pastor's reading group in Liberty, so I'll be there uh, in the morning and early afternoon. Uh, Tuesday is the circuit pastor's meeting. You know, it worked out the same as it did, same as it did last month, where these two things fell back to back. That usually doesn't happen. Uh, but I'll be in Brunswick Tuesday morning at the uh, circuit pastor's meeting. And then 7 p.m. on Tuesday, our new member class continues. Uh, Wednesday, a full day as we are in Lent, as we have midweek and confirmation at 3.30, followed by our Lenten meal at 5 and worship at 5.45. Uh, and I'll, I'll correct the bulletin there. That is, uh, that's my mistake. It's a Lenten Vespers service. We had our Ash Wednesday service, of course, last week. And then after that will be workout class and then choir rehearsal. And on Thursday at 7 p.m., our handbell choir continues their rehearsal also. Uh, there's still opportunity to sign up to assist with Lenten meals if you'd like to do so. The sign-up sheet is available on the glass case out there. And then also a note regarding the Saturday school class that is upcoming. It has been rescheduled to Saturday, March 26th uh, from 9 a.m. to 11.30. And again, that is about teaching the faith at home, uh, family catechesis. Any other announcements that I may have missed? All right, seeing none, God's peace be with you as you go into the week knowing that your Savior and Lord has triumphed over the devil and gives you all his good gifts in his word. God's blessings to you all. I'll greet you at the door.